Welcome to Action Chapel International. We are one church in many locations worldwide. We are so excited that you took the time to join us today to feed on God's word and to enrich your spirit. We know that your life will never be the same. Now please join us for this powerful message. Thank you for coming. It's good to be with you on this 10th day of January, the first month of the year. Thank you for those of you on Dominion Television. Thank you for tuning in and all our online members. We love you. We miss you. We celebrate you. We bless you. We pray for you. And we look forward to connecting with you more and more than ever before. And may this year, 2021, be one of your best years ever. In the name of Jesus, if you receive it, put your hands together and give God praise. With our hands lifted up all over this place and across the nations, say, Heavenly Father, I come in the name of Jesus, submitting myself to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, to the help of the Holy Spirit, to receive illumination, infusion of light, direction, in the name of Jesus, to receive grace and understanding, to make sense of every unanswered question of my mind. Let spells, let yokes, let veils, let burdens be broken and lifted off me. In the name of Jesus, let the word of the Lord have a free course like never before. As I put my hands together, let the word have a free course. Let there be light. Let there be illumination. Let there be utterance. Let there be revelation. In the name of Jesus, as you put your hands down, command it and it shall be done. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Please be seated in heavenly places as you put your hands together. We rebuke every hindering spirit. We bind every adversary. And let this year be the year of the silencing of every enemy. Anyone that is an adversary of yours, anyone that is an enemy opposing the will of God for our lives, let them be silenced this year. Whoever they are, wherever they are, let them be silenced this year. Let their voice not be heard again. Let their voices be discredited at all levels. And let another take their place. That shall favor our cause. If you receive that, put your hands together. This morning, as I welcome you to our second service, I want to share with you a message that is burning on the table of my heart. I entitled the message, Redeeming the Times. Redeeming the Times. Redeeming the Times simply means to make the best of the times. To descend the times. To be aware of the times we live in. 
and not being ignorant of the times we live in. Using the time or the moment to perform the duty for which we are here. Realizing that we are in transit. We are on a journey. And what we do now with the time we have, with the talents and giftings and resources given to you and I, will determine our placement in eternity and our place in history. And the times we live in is given to all of us to do something with it. We were not born to be here by chance and by mistakes. We must understand why we are here and that we are on a journey. We are in transit. And if we forget that we are in transit and we all have come into this life for such a time like this to perform a duty. Jesus said the other day, he said, for it is written of me in the volumes of the books, I have come to do thy will, O Lord. All of us have a duty to perform and that's why we are here. There is a particular book written of you and I. There is a duty that we must perform that was determined by judicial determinations in eternity long before time began. He said in the book of Jeremiah, before you were formed or before you became a clot of blood in your mother's womb, I knew you and ordained you a prophet over the nations. So you are not a mistake. You are not here by chance. And I pray that for whatever reason, you will not forget. You will not forget why you have come into this world for such a time like this. When ambassadors are sent to countries to represent the interests of their nations, when they mingle in the affairs of that country and forget to perform the duty for which they were sent by their country, they are recalled. The Bible said that any branch in me that bears not fruit, it is taken away. I pray that none of us will be taken away before time because of unfruitfulness. But that we will bear fruit. We will bear fruit. Years ago we had a diplomat with one of these foreign embassies and he was a member of the church and he had been here for over four years and according to the rules of his country, he had to be relocated, recalled, go back home to be reassigned. And then he had a prophecy from a prophet that told him that God has a plan and a purpose for him so he should not go back home, he should stay. And when he told me, I told him, no, 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 you can't do that. You cannot do that. If God has a plan for you, you must obey the rules of your country. Go back home and be reassigned. If God has a plan for you in Ghana, he has a way to work it out. But if you go against, if you go against your authorities and the rules of your country, you can run into a big problem, a big problem with your nation. So I'm not doubting the prophecy but we see in parts and we prophesy in parts. So I told him, 
I disagree with your decision. You have to go back home. And for whatever reason, he chose to believe and went with what the prophet told him and didn't follow my counsel. The situation was very bad. Sanctions was taken against him. He had to leave this country under some very strange circumstances. Went back and he was stripped of all his rights, privileges, and he was immediately retired for rebelling against the order of his country. Years after, he came back to Ghana through an NGO to do some projects in Ghana. And I told him, I said, I told you that if God has a plan for you to come back to Ghana, he has a way of working it out. You don't have to go against the laws of your country to follow that prophecy. That prophecies are conditional. And then for every prophecy, it's connected to times and seasons. And there are protocols about how to go about it. And I'm using that to explain to you that all of us here have come into this world for such a time like this. Not just to go to school and to have good education and good jobs and to make money and to build houses and to have children and position them well and give them inheritance. All that is good. But our purpose for coming into this world is bigger than that. And there is nothing we do outside of what we do for God and the ministry that gives us eternal mileage, rewards and placement but that which we did for God. Giving our children inheritances are good. Placing them well, educating our kids is all great and good. But none of those things will give you an eternal mileage or reward or placement. The only thing that gives you an eternal placement, mileage in eternity with Christ is what we did for God and the church, the ministry. And for whatever reason, the enemy has fooled us and deceived us and gotten us to believe that life is about going to school, being educated, get a good job, be powerful, have deep pockets, financial blessings, breakthroughs, houses, and you name it. And then give inheritance to your kids, live and die after some 70, 80, 90 years. It is more than that. You will stand one day before the master and you will account for what you did with the life and the time and the talents and the giftings and the resources given to you when you were alive. What you become in eternity, your place in eternity and in history has everything to do with whether you fulfill the duty, the purpose, the mandate of God on your life while whilst you were born, whilst you are alive or not. I pray for everyone hearing the sound of my voice that life is bigger than position, than influence, than money, than connection, and success, and accolades, and relevance. It's bigger than that. Life is about purpose. Jesus said on the cross of Calvary, he said, it is finished, means Purpose is accomplished. I have accomplished my mission. Paul said, I have fought a good fight. 
I've kept the faith. He said, I've finished my course. I've finished my course. I've finished my course. Whether you and I will finish our course or not has everything to do with our understanding of why we are here and what we do with time. Everything is governed by time. Everything. We go to bed by time. We wake up according to time. We eat according to time. We do everything by time. And time is of the essence. And the clock is ticking. And every minute of our lives, whatever we are doing, good or bad, is going on record. And heaven is watching and is looking. Whether we are fulfilling purpose or we are missing it, how I pray that you and I won't miss purpose, that we will not waste time, that we will understand that we are ambassadors of Christ, that we represent the interests of God's kingdom and the ministry here on earth, and we have a duty to perform, and the duty to perform is to win souls and work with Jesus to build his church, which is his number one priority. And it's not about houses, buildings. It's not about having money and being successful. It's more than that. It's using money, using success, using talent, using gifting, skills, and time, and whatever we have, influence, whatever we have, is to use it to advance the ministry. That is what speaks in eternity. Nothing else. Nothing else we do for our children, for humanity, counts before God like what we do for him and the ministry. Please put your hands together. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15 and 16. See, see then that ye see walk circumspectively, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. What's going on with this microphone? See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, mm -hmm. redeeming the time because the days are evil. Redeeming the times because the days we find ourselves in are evil. These are evil days, whether you like it or not. And I must be frank with you that is hearing the sound of my voice. I hope for a better world. I hope for a better nation, country, and world. But according to scripture, the world is never going to be better than it is now. And we hope to, for things to be better, but it's not going to be. It's going to be worse. And I'm not a prophet of doom, but I have to submit the truth to you. Because if your hope and your confidence is in the arm of flesh, and it's in material things. And it's in a better country. And a better world. Outside of Christ you've been fooled and deceived. It's never going to get better out there. It's going to get darker and darker out there. But brighter and brighter in the church. I'm telling you. Jesus said. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth. Give I unto you. He said for in this world you shall have troubles. But in me you shall have peace. It's not going to get any better. So please put your confidence and your treasures in the kingdom. Build treasures in the kingdom. 
and be determined to spend your eternity with Christ. Two eternities. An eternity with Jesus and an eternity without Jesus. And it, it has everything to do with what you do with Jesus while you were alive. When you pass, when you die, it's over. No amount of prayers prayed for you when you are dead. No amount of visitation to your grave and the prayers prayed at anniversaries at your grave is going to change anything. But it is appointed unto man once to die and after that comes judgment. And so when you die, the book is closed. Case is finished. It is not negotiable. It's not debatable. It's not subject to any petition or prayers. It has everything to do with how you live for God while you are here. What are we living for? Why are you here? Who are you? What guides you? What directs your life? What determines your choices and decisions? Your desires and your passion. What guides you? Who are you? Why are you doing what you do? What are you doing with the time at your disposal? The resources, the talents, the giftings. What are you doing with it? Because there will come a day and a time when all of us will account to the master when all things are said and done. When water finds its level and when the dust settles and when the curtains are brought down on that day Great and small, irrespective of who you are, the school you attended, your accomplishments in life, your position at the marketplace, in the church, or in politics, all of us will appear before the judgment seat of Christ and we will give an account and answer for what we did with the time given unto us. Redeeming the times for the days are evil. What does it mean? Maximizing the time. Making the best use of the time we have. Using the time we have to do all that is required for placement in eternity. I, I am confident and I know that God has promised me long life. And I will be here for a long time outliving all those who devise my head and demise. I'm confident of that. Yet, notwithstanding that, I am living like I don't have a tomorrow. I am thinking like if I'm not here today, what would this church be like? What would this ministry be like? What shall become of my legacy? And thinking that way helps you to be sober. It helps you to maximize the moment, to make the best use of the time. We don't have forever. We're not going to be here forever. One day we'll all be gone. But how do we go? What shall become of us when we stand before the master? What kind of an account are we going to give? What are we going to tell him about the resources given to us? What did we do with it? And the time that was given, the talents, the giftings, the influence, the access, did we use it for the benefit of the ministry? The, the gospel, souls, 
or it was used to profit ourselves and to profit our immediate family and our children. If that was all we did, then we failed. Then we are a disappointment. But if we helped our family and we did things for our kids, but above all, we did more for God and the ministry and for the Gospels, then we are confident that when we meet him on that glorious day in the clouds of glory and we appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that we will not be ashamed, we will not be embarrassed, but we will be confident that we made it. We did what was right in the sight of God, that we weren't selfish, greedy, self-centered, that it wasn't about us and our immediate family, but it was about the master's mandate. Jesus said, for this purpose came out into the world. For this purpose, the Son of God was made manifest, that he might destroy the works of the devil. What is your purpose? What is your mission? Who are you? Why are you here? What role are you playing in the church? Are you playing a role to help build or you are tearing down? Are you occupying space? Are you sitting in judgment of others? Are you critical of others? Or you are playing your role as God requires of you and I. John chapter 9 and verse 4. I must work the works of him that sent me. While it is day, for the night cometh when no man can work. The night cometh is a time, is a particular time. No prophet, no prophecy, no bishop, archbishop, apostle, teacher, evangelist can change that night. There is coming a night and that night is known as a specific time in the history of humanity. There is coming a time called the night. The night is a time. The day is a time. For it is written, weeping endures for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. Weeping endures for a night. That is a time for weeping. And there's another time for joy called the morning. And it's a time. And they are all programmed by the judicial determination, by executive decision of heaven. And there is nothing you and I can do about it but to serve the will of God and the master. He said a time cometh. A night is coming when no man can perform the duty for which they were born. Now we have opportunity to do something with time. Now we have opportunity to do something with the giftings, the resources, and all that God has given to us to build eternal mileage, to have a place in history. Or we can think about just us and the immediate family and forget about the kingdom and tip God and give crumbs to the ministry and spend the best on self and ego and relevance and what we want. And the master, one of these days, will ask you, what did you do with the time I gave you and the resources? What did you use it for? How many churches did you build? What did you do for the sick, the poor, the hungry, the naked, prisoners, the widow? What did you do? There will come a day where we have to answer. Psalm 90 verse 12. So teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. Teach us to be wise. Teach us to be wise 
teach us to understand the times we live in. Redeeming the times or the days are evil. The days are not going to get any better out there. I'll just be honest with you. We have a duty to perform. And every day that comes our way, we are grateful. And it must be used to perform that duty. To serve the master. Irrespective of our weaknesses and our humanity, we must strive to do the will of the master for the coming day when it will be too late. He said, teach us to number our days, to help us to apply our heart to wisdom. Let us not be foolish. Let us not be unwise. Let us not be prideful and arrogant. And let us not be bitter and resentful. But let us have wisdom in our heart. James 4, 14. Whereas ye know not what shall be of the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. Life is like the grass that withereth and like the flower that fadeth. Jesus said the other day that a man's life does not consist by the abundance of things that he possesses. And James is calling our attention to a very important truth. That as much as God has promised us long life, and we all believe to live long, let us not be foolish. Let us not assume that we have time because we don't have too much time. We must live like we don't have time. We must live like we don't have tomorrow. We must live soberly, wise. And he said, let us not be unwise. Don't say, tomorrow I'll do this, and tomorrow I'll do that. Say, if God's permits. And I said at the first service, that our longevity has everything to do with our usefulness to God's purpose on earth. It has everything to do with our usefulness to the ministry, to the work of God. If you are not profiting the kingdom, if you are not living to advance the ministry, and nothing you are doing profits and advance the ministry, you have no use to the purposes of God. You are misrepresenting God's purpose. I pray that you have understanding from today and you begin to live like one that is in transit and that whenever you are doing things for yourself and your children and your immediate family, you must always remember the ministry, remember the work of God, remember the gospel, remember the kingdom, because that is the main reason for which God blesses us, protects us, and gives us help. It's not about us and immediate family. You know, Solomon said the other day, he said that he's concerned about whoever will take over from him and will inherit him. He said, I'm concerned about who comes after me. And this is what he said. Whether he'll be wise or foolish. And sometimes... We worry so much about who inherits us. And some foolish and unwise people will come and take over the fortunes God gave you for the ministry and will waste them and use them for foolish things. But you answer to God when you stand before him. Whether the fortunes that was given to you, the time, the gifting, the talents, the resources, whether it was used for the purpose for which it was given, or you use it for what you wanted. 
May we not miss it. May we not be ashamed on that day when we see him and stand before him. Tulami katula mahas. Selemuku asand. Salafanku dulimikisan. Melei kutunda kahawasas. What will it take? For with all that is going on, the heart of man is still far away from his creator. What shall it take to turn the heart of man back to his God? That if what is going on all around us is not enough to turn us around and to bring revival, what else will it take? Oh, that men, oh, that men may seek their creator whilst there is time for the day and the night cometh when it shall be too late. Put your hands together. First, Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 1 to 4. Second Timothy 3, 1 to 4. But know this, that in the last days perilous times will come. Another time, and this is a time called perilous times. Mean trying times, testing times, difficult times. Unusual times will come. And this one, no prophet or prophetess prophecy bishop or pastor or archbishop or pope it doesn't matter who you are this is a judicial determination of times that will come before the coming again of the master and there is nothing you and i can do to change this but we must understand those times and we have come into those times and there is a way that god expects and require of you and I to live our lives within these times. Go ahead. For men will be lovers of themselves. Lovers of selves is one of the signs of the times we find ourselves in. That even with all that is going on, men are still into themselves. Men and women are so much into ego and self and image than they are of the things of God. Lovers, lovers, lovers of themselves. Self, the womb of selfishness, the womb of sin, the womb of all sin, the mother of all sins, selfishness. Self is all about me, 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 me. I, 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 don't you know who I am? Don't you know who I am? Oh, that men will humble themselves. And that men will remember that time changes. That time is not always the same. There is a perilous time. And there is a time called the night. Men shall be lovers of themselves. Are you a lover of self? Is it all about you? And your immediate family, that you are insensitive to the needs of others, that you don't care about anybody but you, that it has to be you. And if it is not you, then you have to destroy everything and everyone because it's not you. Lovers of selves. Oh, that man. Oh, that man will realize that. There is an end to everything. 
that men will humble themselves and use the opportunities that comes our way to do the right thing before it is over. Because everything is subject to change. Forever, O oh Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. The grass withered, the flower faded, but the word of our God shall stand forever. It is only the word that stands forever. Nothing stands forever. Nothing is forever. Nothing endures forever. Please go ahead. Lovers of money. Lovers of money. Money today has replaced values. Money has replaced character, conscience, ethics. Money is what defines men today and women. Money is what defines relationship. It doesn't, work, it doesn't matter what you do to have money and to make money. You are respected. You become very important. People value you. Deal with you. Because you have money. Yeah. Martin Luther King said the other day, he said, I have a dream. I have a dream. He said, I have a dream that one day my little children will not be defined by the color of their skin, by money or giftings or talents, but will be defined by content of character. Today, character doesn't matter anymore. Value doesn't matter anymore. Ethics don't matter anymore. Conscience don't matter anymore. Good behavior doesn't matter anymore. It's all about get money, have money. That's it. That's it. Men and women are defined by deep pockets, by material things, and value don't matter anymore. People have no value and respect for relationships anymore. It's just all about success, success. He's this, he has that, he's so so and so, he went to that school, he's this. We value people based on sinking sand, things that have no eternal value. Today, people don't care about healthy relationships anymore. They see you in public, they act like they haven't seen you. Because to them, you don't matter. You don't matter because you don't have money. They define who you are by money. You are to be pitied. For a man's life does not consist by the abundance of things that he possesses. A man one day said, look at my wealth and all that I have acquired for myself. And I will do this and I will do that. And I will build some more. And the Bible said that same night, God said, foolish man, foolish man, your soul shall be required of thee. This pandemic has proven to you and I that money cannot save, only Jesus can save. It's killing the young and the old, the poor and the rich. He has no respect for anyone. And if it's not, and all this going on, if it's not enough to tell us a lesson and to help us to change and to stop loving money and stop loving one another. Today we hate each other. We are bitter. Go ahead. Boasters. Boasters. 
Do you know who I am? Do you know who I know? Do you know my connection? Do you know who you are talking to? Do you know my family and where I come from? Do you know my connections? My degrees? My master? Today we boast in degrees. We boast in our doctorate. I have a master in this and that and that. We boast in accomplishments. Right. Proud. Very, very arrogant. Very arrogant. Despises of men and others. Having regards for nobody but self. Very, very proud people. What are you deriving your confidence from? Some material gains? Some connection and position you have today? You think you're going to be there forever? I was telling them at the second service that when President Liman won the election, CPP, in their days, there was a dinner at Tesano at Mr. Okwichin Bequin's house. And I was invited. And I went. I was a young preacher. And there were a lot of speeches that was given that day. And President Liman said a lot that day. But there was one thing that defined the man to me. And spoke volumes to me about who he was. And irrespective of what happened to his government, I saw him differently based on one thing he said. And this was what he said. He said, as we are gathered here today, eating and drinking, celebrating our victory, let us not forget that there are families out there who don't have food to eat and have nothing to take care and to feed their own family. So let us celebrate, but let's remember that there are many out there who cannot feed their family and don't have food to eat. For me, he said a lot of things. That was the only thing that stood out to me. And when I went the other day for the inauguration of our president, and they brought a magazine, some kind of a program, and in it, I saw Dr. Kwame Nkrumah, and Professor Buzia, and President Rawlings, and President Kufour, and some of the past presidents. And I saw President Liman's picture, and as I sat there, I remember what he said and how he, he's gone and how men can be so powerful and forget that everything is controlled by time. We go to bed by time. We wake up by time. We eat by time. We live by time and die by time. And time is the most important commodity that we cannot buy. You can buy everything, but you can't buy time. You can't buy life. And I sat there, very, very humble. Very humble. When I saw how all these great men, like Dr. Kwame Nkrumah, was so powerful in his days. The man could speak. And even though he's dead and gone, his speeches are still powerful. And still makes impressions and impact. He said a lot of things. And one of his speeches that have always stayed with me is when he said, Ghana, 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 your country is free forever. And then he said, he said, but the independence of Ghana is meaningless until it is connected to the total freedom and liberation and emancipation of the continent of Africa. 
was him in his days. But he's gone. How is he remembered by history? Lift up your hands and pray for a minute. Paul said, I'll pray in tongues and I'll pray with my understanding. Lift up your hands. Just pray. Just pray for a minute or two. Lekusuma kusan. Dekatu kan bisas. Sawakaya suba. Delei tikabahagus. Wolowa aki insipan. Faki andutuns. Silamuta kundalisa sas. Amen. Let's go ahead. Blasphemous. Blasphemous. Disobedient to parents. Ah, that is the time we live in. Go ahead. Unthankful. Unthankful. There are people who have no sense of gratitude. They don't know how to say thank you. Have no appreciation for anything God does for them or anyone does for them. Never, never go out of their way to show gratitude. They have a sense of belonging. They think they deserve to be praised, to be worshipped. To be recognized, to be adored, and no one else deserves it. Just because you are given a position to serve, doesn't make you better than anybody else. Others were there before you, and they are gone, and you will also go one of these days. Everybody comes and goes. What goes up, come down. So please, take it easy. They could took a house. Samara kun tawahaziz. Oh, le fakum me says, Usan, Aliandu, Wahan, a condu sipalahais, a yaitiki in Kusabahas. Go ahead. Unholy. Unholy. Unloving. Unloving. There are people unloving. They're unloving. They don't love anybody. They don't love God. They don't love anybody but themselves. So difficult to love them, it even hurts to love them. Unloving people. There are people like that in this world. It doesn't matter how much you love them, it's never appreciated. They can't accept your love. They struggle with being loved. Unloving people. They are mean. They are into themselves. Desensitized. Cold. Day, day. Musaya Mukusit. I pray that that will not be your situation. Go ahead. Unforgiving. Unforgiving. Full of bitterness. Revenge. Using position. Using influence and connection to settle scores with others. To hurt others. Like Absalom. He nursed offense for four years. And he became bitterness. Hatred. Against his own blood brother. And murdered his brother slew his brother in cold blood because he was offended. He was hurt. Are you hurt? Are you offended? Are you nursing bitterness and unforgiveness? Jesus said, unless you forgive others, neither will my father forgive you your trespasses. And it doesn't matter what wrong anybody has done to you. You have no right to hold it against them. It is required of you. When God said forgive, he wasn't making a suggestion. It's a command to forgive. It's not a choice. It's a command. It's not a decision. It's a command. 
that if you don't let go and if you don't forgive and release others and stop reminding them of their wrong, that your heavenly father will not forgive you. And he will play back your transgressions and your sin. And the Bible said, if the Lord shall count iniquity, who shall stand? But this is a generation where people carry bitterness, unforgiveness, go out of their way to hurt others, settle scores with others, use power, use money, use resources, use connection. And the time God gave you, what did you use the time for? You use it in setting scores. You use God's precious time to hurt others. You use God's precious time to pay back, to prove to people where power lies. You are a joke. It's a matter of time. And one of these days, you'll be swallowed up by the earth, six feet. And when you get there, you will know where power lies. Go ahead. Slanderous. Slanderous. Go ahead. Without self-control. Without self-control. No mastering. Act anyway, do anything they please. React anyway. Always reacting. Emotionally, emotional turbulence. Go ahead. Brutal. Mm -hmm. Despises of good. They despise anything good and good people. They have no respect for values. When you have values and character, you are despised and rejected and looked down upon. They don't want to have anything to do with anything good and what is right. They praise evil and they've turned evil into good and good into evil. Go ahead. Traitors. Mm -hmm. Headstrong. There is a headstrong. Stubborn. I'm what? not talking to you. I'm talking to the person next to you. What I'm preaching is not for you. It's for the person next to you. Yeah. You, you are an angel. Go ahead. Put your hands together because it's not for you. Clap your hands. Yeah, clap your hands. It's for somebody else. Go ahead. Haughty. Uh -huh. Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of lovers God. Lovers of pleasure than lovers of God. In the midst of COVID-19, people are going on cruises. Still flying. First class on Emory, British Airways, other airlines. To still go and chill. There's nothing wrong to chill. To fly 10 hours to places where even the pandemic is killing people. People are going there to chill and to relax. Pleasures. Lovers of pleasure than lovers of God. They go to parties. They go to parties. They go places. To the marketplace. When you invite them to church, they say, oh, Papa. Papa, Corona, Corona. Corona. As if Corona is in the church. It doesn't live in the places they go. Everywhere else they go. And they have no problem. They are happy to go everywhere. But they have a problem to be in church. Corona. But if they have the opportunity right now, they will travel first class, business class, economy, and go chill. Lovers of pleasures than lovers of God. That is the time we live in. These are all signs of evil days. I pray that we will learn that we will wake up and realize that time is of the essence. Amen. Amen. Genesis 1.16, please. And God made two great lights. Mm -hmm. 
the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. He made the stars also. So the moon is the ruler of the night and it operates by time. The moon determines time in the night. The number of hours the night stays. Then the sun is the ruler of the day. It also determines the time that the day stays before the night comes. No wonder the other day David said in Psalm 121 verse 6, he said, the sun shall not smite me by day, nor the moon by night. What does that mean? It means that whatever the sorceress, diviners, has programmed into the womb of time to determine my day or my night, shall not operate. It shall not function. It will miscarry. It will have no effect, no impact on me. Yeah. When you look at 2021, our year of reversing the curse, we took it from the original or biblical calendar, the Hebrew calendar. The meaning of 2021, according to the biblical calendar, means the year of reversing the curse or the year of curse breaking. And it comes times, season, even the cycle of women is determined by cycle of the month. That's why it's a cycle by the month. The moon, it goes across and around it. Everything is determined by times and seasons. Time is given to all of us. Governed by the sun. Determined by the sun. Determined by the moon. And this year, whatever is programmed by the enemy, in the womb of the sun and stars, the elements of the heavens, and in the womb of the sun by day, let it miscarry in the name of Jesus. Let it boomerang in the name of Jesus. Let it be aborted in the name of Jesus. Put your hands together and say, Abort, 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 abort. In the name of Jesus, we abort it. The sun shall not smite me by day, nor the moon by night. The Lua Sika Dahas, day to Kalam. The Kupa Sahand, the destruction that wasted at noonday, the arrow that fly by day, the terror by night, we intercept them in the name of Jesus. We override and overturn the programming of the enemy in the womb of 2021 through the elements of the heavens, through the moon, the stars, the sun. We reverse it in the name of Jesus. We intercept it in the name of Jesus. We bind their projections. We overthrow it in the name of Jesus. Mosayas, Akida Lusahan, Yoikitalahakasa, Salamakadula Wahan, the Bay to Kandu Wasas, Lekutula Mahasis. Amen. Let's look at some, one more scripture and I'll stop because of time. Havak, chapter 2. Verse 6 and 7. For thus saith the Lord of hosts, Yet once, it is a little while, and I will shake the heavens and the earth, and the sea, and the dry land, and I will shake all nations, and the desire of all nations shall come, and I will fill this house with glory, saith the Lord of hosts. Read it again. What scripture did you just read? 
Haggai, Haggai chapter 2, verses 6 and 7. Read it again, please. For thus saith the Lord of hosts, yet once it is a little while, mm -hmm. and I will shake the heavens and Lord the earth. Lord said, he's going to shake. And there is no amount of prayer, and there's no amount of political or prophetic power that can change this. He's spoken by the Lord of hosts himself. He said, that says the Lord of hosts. You know what that means? That is Yahweh speaking. That is the word of the God of the armies of the heavens and the earth and of Israel. That is Yahweh speaking. He said it is yet once, a little while, the coming time, saith the Lord, Jehovah, I will shake. These are times of shaking. They are times of testing. And I pray that our faith will stand in the power of God and not in man. Not in the giftings of men. Not in personalities. Not in the anointings of men. But in the word of God. But in the word of God. I pray that your faith will not be in your archbishop. But your faith will be in the word of the living God. Put your hands together. Shout yes. Men fail. I can fail you. But the word of God never fails. Forever, O oh Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Let your faith be in God's word. Stop following personalities. Stop following men because of their giftings. For we see in parts, we prophesy in parts. Follow Jesus. Follow Jesus. Stop looking at men and giftings and anointings. And start looking up to Jesus. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. I am not the author and finisher of your faith. Neither is any fivefold ministry gift the author and the finisher of it. Jesus is looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Put your hands together for Jesus. Finish. It is a little while and I will shake the heavens and the shake. earth. Uh -huh. And the sea uh -huh. and the dry land. The dry land. And I will shake all nations. God said, I will shake all the nations. Hear me. The nations have been shaken. And God promised to shake it. Yahweh, the God of the armies of heaven and of Israel, He said, I will shake. I created all things. And I have the power to shake what I created. I will shake all things and that which cannot be moved shall remain, but I will shake all things. We can't stop the shaking of the nations, but God will spare those who work for him and advance the cost of the ministry. He said in the day that I will work on my jewels. Yeah, I think it's Malachi. Check it from a bishop. Malachi. In the day that Malachi chapter 3 yeah. verse 17 Malachi and it shall be mine, saith the Lord of hosts. Yeah. In that day when I make up my jewels. When I make up my jewels I pray that you and I will be among his jewels. There is something called his jewels. He called those who live for his cause. 
fight for his cause and use what he gives them and the time given to them on earth to advance the ministry. God calls them his jewels. I pray that you and I will be among his jewels. Oh, Dalika has. Go ahead. And I will spare them. He said, I will spare them. As a man spareth his own son that serveth him. Look at the difference here. He said, when I shake all things, I will spare my jewels. When Corona come to town, I will spare my jewels. In the evil days, I will spare my jewels. And he said, I will spare them as a man spares his son that serves him. Are you serving the Lord? Or are you just living for yourself? That means there are sons who don't serve their father. But there are sons who serve their father. As a man spares a son that serves him. I pray that this year you serve the Lord. That you serve the Lord. That you serve the master. That it will be about the master's business and not about your business. That whatever you are doing in life, it will be about the master's business. You know, Rosa said something the other day and uh, it was very, very profound. You know, Bishop, she doesn't like this, but I have to do it because I don't want to say something different from what she said. You were talking about there is nothing like your business, work, the marketplace and all that. Can you please explain it to us in your own language the way you said it? It was profound about the way people think that, oh, I'm doing my own business, I'm doing my... And she said, there's nothing like that. Every one of us, whoever we are, whatever we do in life, wherever we are in life, it's all about using it to advance the master's business. So there's nothing like I'm a doctor, I'm a lawyer, I'm a businessman, I'm a politician, I'm this, I'm that. Whoever you are, whatever field you find yourself in, you are put there by God as an ambassador to advance the ministry. She said it better than I, and I wanted to say it so you can hear it. Okay. Tell us. I don't think I said it better than you. <laughs> but I said that I am now convinced that there's no such thing as a secular job. Mm -hmm. That we all have an assignment from God and a placement by God, and we should work to ensure that we are placed where he has placed us. And anywhere that we find ourselves, we should be advancing his agenda and his purpose. Powerful. Put your hands together for my co-preacher. Amen. She, she, don't, she don't like preaching. She doesn't like those things. But I, she said it. It was profound the way she said it. Very profound. That wherever we find ourselves... Whatever we do in life, whether at the marketplace, politics, business, whatever, that we should see ourselves as being put there by God to advance God's kingdom. And if you are not advancing the, the ministry and the kingdom with the time God has given you, you are wasting God's time. And one of these days, whether you like it or not, you will answer to God what you did with the time given to you. It's not about just living 100 years, 120 years, 70 or 80 years. It's what you did with the time when you were alive for God and kingdom. What are you doing with the time given unto you? Are you wasting God's time 
or you are using the time given to you to profit the kingdom, to advance the kingdom, or are just using God's time for yourself, your immediate family, your wife, your husband, your children, your grandchildren. If that is all that you think life and time is all about, you missed it. You missed it. And you may not have a place in eternity or in history. History doesn't treat kindly people who live for themselves, who did what they wanted to do and didn't care about God and others. Today I pray. Let's go back to our scripture. Where are we, Bishop? Yeah, Haggai. Let's look at it. I will shake the heavens and the earth mm -hmm. and the sea and the dry land. The sea stands for political kingdoms and powers. I will shake it. There's a shaking going on. If you look at America, over 200 years democracy is being shaken. God is shaking all things. God is making a statement that all of this is sinking sand. Stop being arrogant and prideful thinking that you have the best systems. You're better than everybody else. God will shake all things for men to come to their knees. Kings and kingdoms, princes and princesses are bowing their knee by force. You either bow it, bow your knee in humility, or God will create a situation that will cause you to bow your knee he said to the book of Nezah the other day when he said, look at the Babylon that I have built for myself. And he was making boast of his palace. And why is the words when in his mouth the word of the Lord came from heaven from time to eternity, from eternity to time and said, King Nebuchadnezzar, because your heart was lifted up and because you were arrogant and you took credit for Babylon, and you become very proudful. He said, Thus says Adonai, you will be sent into the forest, and your status and value shall become that of a, the beast of the field. You will eat grass as the beast of the field for seven years until the day you acknowledge that the heavens do rule in the affairs of men. Then your senses shall come back to you. But until then, you will lose your senses and you will act like the beast of the field that you might know that Jehovah rules in the affairs of men. Put your hands together. And I will shake all nations and the desire of all nations shall come. Yeah, I will shake all nations. And the desire of all nations shall come. Uh -huh. And I will fill this house with glory. Yeah. Say the Lord of hosts. Hear me. The only nation, the only house, the only place that there will be glory, where you see the glory of God is in the church. That is the only place that glory will be. The only place that there was light in the land of Egypt was in Goshen. I declare that we will have Goshen in our time. That in the day of darkness, let our dwellings and our churches be Goshen. He said, I will fill this house, my church, with glory. With glory. And then look at how he ended it. He said, Thou sayest the Lord. Means Jehovah has spoken. The Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, Yahweh, has spoken. And it is not negotiable. 
it is not subjected to reasoning of parliament. This is not democracy. This is the word of the king. The word of the king is a law. In democracy, the law is the king. But in theocracy, the king's word is a law. And this is a law. The Lord of hosts has spoken. And he shall stand the test of time. He said, the desire of all nations shall come. You know how nations' desires will come? Do you know what the desires of all nations are? Peace. They all want peace. But they are not humble enough to have it. They think they can work it out. You don't negotiate peace. You don't negotiate peace. The United Nations, for over 70 years, they have failed in being able to maintain peace in any region of the world. You don't broker peace. You don't buy peace. Peace is not a commodity. Peace is not something. Peace is someone. Peace is a person. His name is the Prince of Peace. And until he comes on the scene and he steps into the equation, there will never be peace in any nation of the world. He said after shaking all nations, they will come to the realization that it's all sinking sand. I will shake all things when money doesn't work anymore, when pride and arrogance fail, when position and power and influence fails. Then will men bow their knee and they'll cry out. And then the Prince of Peace will step in the equation. Then shall they see the desires of our nation, which is the Prince of Peace. I am what they want. I am what they desire. I'm better than money. I'd rather have Jesus than silver and gold. I'm better than fame. I'm better than honor. I'm better than all these material gains. I am better than all. I am the Prince of Peace. And until they bow their knees, until they fall on their face to recognize me, the desires of all nations will never come. And God said, I know how to get them on their knees and get them on their face. I will shake all nations. I will shake kingdoms. I will shake political kingdoms. I will shake tribal kingdoms. I will shake ethnic kingdoms. I will shake all things. Then will they recognize that I am the one they need. Stand on your feet. you were blessed by that message and we look forward to sharing God's word with you once again. For more information on this and many other Action Chapel International products and messages, you may visit our Dominion Bookshop located on the premises of Action Chapel, Spintex Road, or you may call our offices on 030-701-1851, or you may also visit us online at www.actionchapel.net. Once again, thank you for joining us today, and may your life continue to be changed in God's presence.